Hello, San Pedro Podcast, Episode 8. You are listening to the Hello, San Pedro Podcast. I'm Amanda, your host. Join me as I talk to amazing people within our community, business owners, community activists, local leaders, and people like you and me who love San Pedro. This is a place where we'll share big ideas, discuss hot topics, and spread good vibes. Hey everyone, welcome back. Can you believe that next Thursday is Thanksgiving? I cannot. Um, And for those of you who are wondering, is there going to be an episode on Thanksgiving Day? Yes, there will. It's actually going to be kind of a big episode. Um, Not necessarily because of who I'm talking to, although she's amazing, incredibly informed on the subject. And she's also recently spoke um, with the mayor on the subject. So... I want you guys all to tune in and kind of brace yourselves for the subject of homelessness in San Pedro. Yes, it is kind of a heated topic right now, but I think it's important to discuss. Um, Anyways, tune in next Thursday before your Thanksgiving meal. Be grateful for everything that you have. Um, Right now, it is all about one of the most amazing women, in my opinion, in this town, Let's just say that if you liked episode three, fangirling over Missy Copeland, then you're probably going to like this episode because in this episode, I sit down with Cindy Bradley, the ballet teacher behind Missy Copeland. Um, And just so you know, shortly after we recorded this episode, she attended the premiere of The Nutcracker and the Four Realms with Misty in El Capitan, and she also appeared in People Magazine with Misty. Uh, The subject of that article, or sorry, the title of that article is Misty Copeland opens up about the dance teacher who changed her life. She took a huge leap. Wow, I'm so excited. You guys, I can't even believe that I actually got this interview. Um, I love Cindy Bradley. I'm a huge fan of her. Um, real quick, real quick disclosure. I She is incredibly graceful and soft-spoken. And this is the one time that I forgot my headphones to a recording. So I really didn't get her mic volume right where I wanted it to be. I apologize if at times she's a little bit hard to hear. That was totally my fault. I, ha- I think I had her mic just too low. Um, Anyway, I hope you guys can stick around to the end of the episode so you can find out how you can purchase tickets to the local showing of the Nutcracker, Her Pride and Joy. Uh, Links will also be in the show notes. Enjoy. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. So in the short amount of time that this podcast has existed, my next guest is someone I've already expressed multiple times wanting to have on the show. Her and her husband own and manage San Pedro Ballet School, where they also teach And if you're starting to put two and two together from a popular previous episode, you're on the right track. She is a woman that gave Missy Copeland, the famous principal dancer of ABT, the dance foundation upon which Missy built her career. In addition to discovering a true child prodigy, she's also proud of a very personal victory in her health and reaching 25 years at the San Pedro Ballet School. Cindy Bradley, thank you so much for being my guest today. I'm truly honored. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. I'm so proud of you and what you're thank you. doing. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's something that needs to be done, and yeah. you're doing it in the perfect way. And mm-hmm. you've had such a, a great group of women around you that you've been calling upon for, you know, to add to the information that you already have. And, and I'm just so proud of you. I think it's I think it's a matter of time, and I and I. I tell this to a few people, but I've been working nine to five and I have FOMO. I feel like I'm missing out of my on my community, you know? So this is kind of like my way of just getting back into it and learning and getting to know all these amazing people. Well, I think you've happened to, on, upon a magical thing that's going to make you a star. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and it helps everyone else along the way in the community. So mm-hmm. it's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. Um, my pleasure. I... I have I have about a thousand questions for you, but we're just gonna <laughs> go with the flow. And come up. I did ask um, some friends too what they thought because the Misty episode was such a popular one. And she she actually I actually got to talk to her. Oh on the my phone gosh! The other day, and <laughs> yeah. she brought it up. No way! She said, "Oh, they just brought up things that I had forgotten, and oh brought goodness. back such great oh, memories." Are you hearing this, listeners? Oh my gosh! I'm so excited. <laughs> I know, and it was so cool that it was Megan because. I mean, she's so special, yeah. and I'm such a huge 
um, you call her Romy. Mm-hmm. I'm such a good, huge Romy fan. So yeah, I just want to be in your circle of friends. You so. are in my circle of friends, <laughs> and I'm lucky. I'm so lucky to have you. Okay. You're in the VIP <laughs> on my VIP list. Um, I, you know, what's funny is that when I started out to do this endeavor. I just, I had no idea who I was going to be able to get. I knew, you know, I had met a few business owners from my previous job, you know, Um, but I didn't know who would be willing to come on the show. So I told all my friends, I said, hey, you guys, pick a Pedro topic. It can be anything. And then we're going to have you come on the show and we're going to do an episode about it. And so when I asked Megan, I said, Megan, did you pick your topic? I didn't even give her a choice. I was like, you are going to be on the show. Um, I think it was tricky for her because she's a reporter, so she can't have a public opinion about a lot of things, but she was like, Misty Copeland, and I said, awesome, I'm a huge fan, and this is going to be a good episode. I like dove into all things Misty when in preparation, and I had no idea Megan's personal connection to Misty at all. I, you know, I didn't know all that either. Yeah. I knew there was a lot of... yeah. You know, that they crossed paths and things, but it it was really interesting that she has those memories. I know, that her brother went to school with her. (laughs) I know. I couldn't have asked for a better co-host than Megan and a better topic. That Yeah. And I have friends at work who had no idea that I had a podcast, um, but then heard from another friend and just went crazy over the Missy episode. So, yeah. Well, it's so cool that she was able to hear it Mm -hmm. because... It's just a wonderful, you know, it was wonderful for me. Yeah. And the fact that I think Megan was there for me at a time that I really needed her. Mm-hmm. And I think she um, she had just gotten a copy of Misty's book. Mm-hmm. And it was before we had, Misty and I had really connected again, you know, at, yeah. at, to the extent we are now. Mm-hmm. And I was so, I didn't know what the book was going to have in it. You know? yeah. I didn't know from her perspective mm-hmm. what it was going to be. And it's kind of like Megan read it for me, and and she told me it was going to be okay. And yeah. I tell you, I, I had sleepless nights. <laughs> I knew that Missy wasn't going to say anything bad about us. Yeah, but it was just so well. It when you go, to be accurate, you I know? I completely understand where you're coming from because I didn't really know all of the the history. You know, I didn't realize all of that. You know, and so even tumultuous. Yeah. So Megan and I even talked about that. You heard on the episode. I was like, I had no idea about this. Um, I'm really glad that Megan kind of like gave you oh, gave comfort. you a heads up and yes. yeah that's good uh, she's amazing mm-hmm. I have to see Misty in New York like there needs to be a whole New York trip yes. to see her in oh, her environment yes. and where she thrives so oh, yes. I'll let you know when that's in the works <laughs> oh good well, well you, sh- you definitely need to go when she's in uh, you know when they're doing uh, one of the classical ballets I do. I do. I know Romy went and I was very jealous of her. I was like, this is amazing. I was following her every step of the way on her social media. And um, I, I can't wait for that trip. I'm just going to proclaim it. It's going to happen. It has to happen. It has to happen. I, Megan's coming with yeah. me. <laughs> We're both I, I going. I need to see more of myself. I wish I could go to every show. Mm-hmm. I feel like you need to have a New York apartment almost uh. <laughs> just for... Just for the occasion. (laughs) Wouldn't that be nice? (laughs) We can dream. Um, Well, okay. So I wanted to start with um, your background. And I wanted to know, you told me you weren't from San Pedro originally. So what brought you to San Pedro? Well, I moved around a lot in Mm -hmm. my life. Mm -hmm. I I was born in Georgia. Okay. Born in Robbins, Georgia on on an Air Force base. And my dad actually worked for the government after that. He was in in the Air Force, but he joined, um, he was in the FAA. Mm -hmm. So we moved around a lot. Mm -hmm. And um, I discovered ballet. I knew that I wanted to, there was something inside me that needed to get out. it was at a time, it was in 1960s in Georgia, mm-hmm. which was a really fabulous time because in that, uh, we moved to Atlanta at some point, mm-hmm. and it was during the hippie time, mm-hmm. and Peachtree Street was a, it was a major hippie haven, and it was just so exciting, the fashion and yeah. the, the music oh, and the yeah. vibe, mm-hmm. and, and it, it was an exciting time to live, and I have to say, I was thinking today because I was going to talk to you about my life and what I might talk about and um, how I might just bring up too many things and <laughs> just get too bummed out. That's okay. But I thought about that time yeah. and um, 
how um, cool it was to live in the 60s mm -hmm. and how different it is today. But anyway, we moved around a lot, and the one constant in my life was ballet. Mm -hmm. My parents, um, at age eight, um, put me into uh, baton twirling. Very cool. Yeah, I didn't think so. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I just When I think of baton twirling, I think of Miss Congeniality and how she made that joke, but then the performance was so cool. So. <laughs> that's cool. We did a parade. That was cool, but... Uh -huh. The actual practice and everything yeah. just didn't appeal to me. Mm -hmm. It does. They had the coolest go-go boots. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, the outfits were amazing, mm -hmm. especially in the 60s, baton twirling. Mm -hmm. But it just wasn't it. Mm -hmm. But at least, they, you know, we just didn't do ballet automatically as a young girl, mm -hmm. you know. And um, someone in my neighborhood had classes in their basement. And I found her, and I rode my bike, and I would throw my bike down in the front yard and walk around back, you know, I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Go in her basement, and um, within a really short time, I fell in love with it immediately, And but it wasn't exactly the place for me. You know, we would do a little bit of bar work, and then we'd start tumbling, and then I was, you know, it yeah. was like the baton twirling to me. Got it. Mm -hmm. But, um... So I went to a neighborhood school, and I was there for a year. And after a year, she said, I've taught you everything I know. So, um, and we actually moved by then. We were in Atlanta. Okay. And I went to a neighborhood school. And so she sent me to the Atlanta Ballet. And how old were you at that point? I was nine. Nine, okay. Yeah, she had taught me everything she knew by mm -hmm. nine. But I don't really think she meant that. I think that's how I remembered it. I felt that she saw some potential in me. That's what it sounds like, yeah. you know. She could probably go on to teach you more, but I think she realized that you had you needed more, you yeah. know? Mm -hmm. And that was such a gift mm -hmm. because probably I would have eventually just stopped mm -hmm. and, or just never found out the tr what, you, what was really out there mm -hmm. in the ballet world. Right. So going to the Atlanta Ballet, I mean, just walking in, you could feel it like, oh, mm -hmm. this is it. And then we had to move. So it was really sad all of a sudden. We were moving uh, again. Yeah. And, um, but my parents were, understood at, at that point too and they were the best mm -hmm. and they made sure that we didn't move anywhere where there wasn't an excellent school. That's great that they saw that because I feel like when kids are so young um, you know parents don't they just feel like they don't know what they want at that point you know yeah. and it's it's hard to make a commitment to any one thing right? Mm -hmm. Yeah it's it, it was they would ride ahead and find out mm -hmm. what was there. And it was always in the city, in uh, an area where the, the, I understand now, because you need a lot of space to have a school, like mm -hmm. square footage, mm -hmm. and there's not a lot of money in, in right. the business. So um, they had to go where it was cheap. Mm -hmm. And so it would not necessarily be the place where the schools were the best to go during the day right. and where my parents would want to live and raise us. Mm -hmm. So we ended up on the road every day, an hour, each way. Mm -hmm. my, my mom would sit there. Uh, I found out if you want to be a dancer, you have to train every day. Mm -hmm. and, and they and my mother would be on the freeway in Atlanta driving wow. us there. And, and they were so supportive that way. Mm -hmm. And it was a lifesaver for me. That was all that I loved in life. Mm -hmm. and, and I had it. Mm -hmm. I was able to express myself. And I had a place to belong in every city we moved to. Mm -hmm. It kind of made it difficult in school because you aren't involved in school right so it's hard to really bond because the priority is training right it takes up so much time mm -hmm. and, and you feel different because nobody really understood it then now there are so many people that take different areas of their life so seriously that mm -hmm. it's different kids were kind of just still being kids at that point yeah school spirit and all of you know yeah I think things have changed a lot yeah. <laughs> in that sense um, especially too with I feel like social media kids are on it so early they're f they're discovering a lot before you know at such a young age yes. and they're kind of in a good way they're they're really finding what they love mm -hmm. you know they're exposed to it without having to actually be physically exposed to it oh yes yeah and so like my my brother says he just realized he loves like film and um, yeah, film and like movie production, kind of. Yeah, and, yeah. That's, and you like, can do that in your in your bedroom. Exactly. It's so, so you know, my parents knew they were able to invest like a cup in a couple of really nice pieces that he actually takes care of and he uses. You know. How old is he? He's um he's fourteen. Oh, that's so yeah. sweet. Oh, that's awesome. Uh huh. He's at PV High. Oh wow. Yeah. Well, 
when we first started our studio, the little kids, like four-year-olds, mm -hmm. they were there because their parents brought them. Yeah. They, they thought they were going to do a fun activity. Maybe mm -hmm. they liked it or not. But now it seems like they know what their purpose is, why they're there, what they can achieve. Yeah. What they have expectations and they work, wow. and you have to keep up. These four-year-olds are dancing, man. Wow, it's so cool to not that have is to very cool. Expose it, them to it. They yeah. got that, and that's what um, for Misty that was the struggle in the beginning because there was she no, didn't know what it was. There was no exposure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's why we have our programs that go. Um, we go into elementary schools and do. 10-week programs. We go to 18 sites a year mm -hmm. because even if you're offering classes for free to kids who can't afford it, mm -hmm. they are not going to reach out mm -hmm. to you and, and you have to reach out to them, expose them. And, yeah. and, but now it's easier because they see it as mm -hmm. well. Because they know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they know a lot of them who missed you. Yeah. And she they value the opportunity books, now. Yes, uh -huh. yes. That's really great. Yeah. So you started in Atlanta, well in Georgia. In Warner Robins and then Atlanta. Then you went to Atlanta and then where? Well, we moved. I was in um, Birmingham, Alabama, amazing dance city. Okay. Amazing. Very cool. Um, and then um, Virginia and Louisville and Oklahoma and Minnesota and then San Diego. I mean, wow. not in that order, but um, we drove. I remember we drove. I was 15, I believe, and we drove. 14 or 15. We drove mm -hmm. from Kentucky to San Diego and mm -hmm. that, I mean, I was in culture shock in the 70s. Oh That's such a long drive. It's a long drive. That's such a long drive. You must you have, own. yeah, you must have stopped like multiple times. Yeah, it took us a couple of weeks. Uh -huh. I think we saw some sights along the way. You but saw it, the country. <laughs> on the way, I just started feeling less and less like I belonged anywhere. I just had no roots mm -hmm. nobody I was going to a, to an unknown at a time when it was kind of rough mm -hmm. you know at that age but, yeah um, so when we got to San Diego I think we didn't even check into a hotel we drove right to San Diego Ballet oh my god <laughs> remember that? I directly to, to the school three weeks oh but, my goodness yeah. that's insane I know you guys didn't even drop off your stuff no. at a hotel room you just like no. let's get Cindy into this ballet school yeah in fact they dropped me off and probably went and unloaded somewhere or got her place to stay wow and I ended up in that company for a while that's really great and then um, I had another professional position in San Diego in, in North County San mm -hmm. Diego and um, I was injured and at I had told them I was 18 to get the job, but mm -hmm. I was actually 17. Yeah, I was just going to ask how old you were. <laughs> yeah, and so I ended up taking my proficiency exam and mm -hmm. leaving high school, and um, that was what I was going to do with my life, mm -hmm. and I got injured and had a nerve in my foot removed. Oh, my goodness. So that put an end to that. So that put an end to your, basically, career as a dancer, like yes. your, before it even really began. Before it wow. really began. But when I first took class in that in that basement of that woman's house, I actually uh, her name was Mrs. Robinson. Mm -hmm. um, I, had, I talked to a friend from that neighborhood recently. Oh, really? She said, "What was it about you? We all took there. What did you? What was different about you? Mm -hmm. We didn't continue dance, but mm -hmm. it's because they didn't continue dance, I guess. But yeah. they just didn't appeal to it me. It was just a part of you from when you were younger too. I, yeah, it was what I was looking to do. Mm -hmm. It was my mm -hmm. what I needed to do with my life and. Um, so not being able to dance was, it was an interesting thing to deal with, but it, did, it wasn't crushing in any way. I feel like it would have been devastating, but that's interesting to hear that it didn't really mm -hmm. crush you. Because when I took class in that basement, I felt like I was onto something that nobody really knew about, because mm -hmm. I didn't even know about it until I walked in there, mm -hmm. and that everybody was gonna love it like me, and I just wanted to just impart that knowledge right away so I started mm -hmm. teaching in my basement like at age nine ten mm -hmm. and um, gathering up kids in my neighborhood and making them take oh my ballet classes yeah. so that's what I loved uh -huh. from the day one I enjoyed the stage a lot for me I kind of I could find a stage anywhere mm -hmm. and feel I was performing I could improvise and I could still do that or whatever but um, the actual training of ballet was just mm -hmm. so fascinating mm -hmm. so that was um, when I went into teaching full-time, and yeah. I started punk band. Okay, yeah, so tell me about that. So I know that you have a punk background, 
And um, even Megan was like, you need to ask her about her punk background. We all we need to know. So, okay, you started a punk uh, band. Well, that was something I had envisioned for myself um, because mm -hmm. I was a super fan of David Bowie and, mm -hmm. and Alice Cooper and theatrical rock, you know? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask is like, your, what were you listening to? Uh, Who were your, what was your inspiration? Oh, my God. I mean... And I didn't know you had a band. That is so cool. I just thought you were like... You know, going to the shows, total like uh, uh, punk rocker. And this is like, at this point, it's like in the 80s? It was in the 70s. Still 70s? It was like 78. 78? Okay, so it's like right when punk really started. just started. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And then finding this is so out exciting. about it. So my dance partner at San Diego Ballet went to Chicago. Mm -hmm. And he was dancing with Chicago Lyric Opera. And he mm -hmm. came back and, and brought these albums. And he brought Patti Smith, I remember, and Blondie, and mm -hmm. um, the B-52s, and um, the Stranglers, maybe. It was just like, and introduced me to this music. And mm -hmm. I, was, I was just, I fell in love immediately. Mm -hmm. and, he told me, and, I, and also he looked so strange. And I was standing there in, in the ballet studio, and he walked in, and he had on a, a leather dog collar around his neck, with studs, <laughs> and he had his hair cut short and mm -hmm. black, and, and and like rouge on his cheeks. And I was like, my God, what is that? And he goes, it's punk rock. <laughs> like, what is that? Uh -huh. I mean, I was hooked. Yeah. So. Um, I, then he went and danced in Vegas for Liberace and came back and uh, again and I said you know what I just started a band let do you want to be in it and he said well I'm going to because um, he, he I wanted him to play bass mm -hmm. and uh, he never had before but I thought you know it's punk rock mm -hmm. and um, he said I have uh, a dancing position in um, Belgium I'm gonna go there and I said but you know just he had a plane ticket. I just just get rid of your plane ticket. Get a, get a base and stay. And he goes, well, I'll let you know. And a week later, he joined the band. Oh my gosh! Wow. So what it came down to playing in a band and going to Belgium. He picked the band. He picked the band. That's way cool. Yes. That's and he's dedication. In today. Oh, cool. <laughs> but um, so whenever we played gigs in San Diego in that time frame, we got signed right away to a San Diego label. Mm -hmm. And. Um, there was a band down there called The Penetrators Getting Big and mm -hmm. a couple of bands on the label I was on, so it was a scene. Mm -hmm. But the people in San Diego um, were afraid of it, mm -hmm. and especially the law enforcement. Okay. And I, and it was before it had kind of a, like the mosh pit stuff going on. Uh -huh. So it was a... Anarchy it, vibe. It, yeah. Okay, so before the anarchy vibe? A little bit, but it was, I mean, where it had happened, started happening in San yeah. Diego, where it was getting to be, they were taking over the shows yeah. toward the end a little bit, but yeah. I, it was prior to that. and They um, just didn't know. It was just a mosh pit, no big deal. <laughs> yeah. So it was based on the way we looked uh -huh, and the music a little bit. And our we certainly weren't, we would probably be considered new wave more than punk. Mm -hmm. But um, my friend who would, Jeffrey was his name, mm -hmm. um, was arrested on the stage for no reason. People were violent toward us when we showed up places. And it was just, it just felt unsafe, and it felt like we weren't going to grow there as artists. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> so um, we were all working at the Census Bureau in mm -hmm. Laguna, mm -hmm. and we wanted to be in Los Angeles. Okay. So our band, we packed it up, and we drove to Los Angeles and just got a newspaper. Uh -huh. And we drove above um, the Census Bureau in Laguna as far as we could and got a paper. Uh-huh. And it wasn't too far that we could drive every right. day to the to Laguna, and and we found out about this place called San Pedro. We thought, yeah, <laughs> and um, there was a big house for rent, and it was like eight hundred a month. So our whole band and our roadie went there. So this is what brought you to Pedro. Yes, your but punk endeavors. Yes, <laughs> this is and so it was cool. so funny because uh -huh. when we were driving, it's like I don't know where we got our attitudes, but we were driving mm -hmm. the Harbor Freeway to the end, end you know, we'd mm -hmm. never been there. And yeah. there were just those refineries everywhere, and at that time, for some reason, it had a, an odor. Uh-huh. And um, we just like, do we really want to live, you know, around refineries? And it just yeah. was so ugly down uh -huh. the freeway. And then we got into it and just kind of opened up into this beautiful, you know, town surrounded by water. Mm -hmm. and. It was so interesting, and we that we loved the house, and mm -hmm. we lied to the landlord, <laughs> and we got in, uh -huh. and um, it, and it, it was just it was home, mm -hmm. and and right away, 
there were, when we found out there was a scene here, there was a, a yeah. guy that had a uh, hair salon. Uh huh. You know what's funny is I heard about the hair salon. Even I'm gonna have to have a whole separate episode, maybe with multiple, yeah, but maybe with multiple interviews. Um, it might have to be like a four-part series or something on punk rock in San Pedro because mm-hmm. my mom and my uncles were like punk rockers. <gasps> yes, they were. Really? I have a photo. Oh, I, I wish I had it with me. I have a photo of my mom. <laughs> she tells me that her, like my grandma at the time, was like. Looked at her like, what? Oh my goodness, what did you just do to your hair? She had just cut her hair and it was like short and spiky. So it was, I want to say like three inch spikes maybe. Um, And she had, actually it was more like a, just an updo, you know? And she had this like eyeliner that was kind of like smeared. She's in this pencil skirt with boots. And I still have her like punk rock, like leather jacket. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that I still have it. Yes. Um, Yeah. And she was wearing, I don't, I don't know. She was wearing like a red top, I think, but it's like one of my favorite photos of her. So where was she then? Um, She was here. They grew up right above Western in right here. I mean, I think back then it was San Pedro. I'm sure she's younger than me, but I wonder if she saw our band. Maybe. My, so my uncles would tell me stories about how Black Flag played at oh, Pedro. Oh, party. Yeah. Pedro, yes. Yeah, they played in our backyard, which is crazy. <laughs> I know. And they would tell me about going to the L.A. shows and Melrose and, uh, you know, just being all over the place. So, yeah, I'm going to have to do a whole, I like, know. series it's, on punk rock and Pedro. It, there was a theater called the Star Theater, mm-hmm. and it's I think it's like a loft that people live in that they converted into a place where they live and yeah. do their art. But um, then it was, um, I taught ballet there. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, and we played there in the, on the weekends. Mm-hmm. I know, I, I'm sure that men and men play, but there, there are people in town that have all that history. But right. we were in that scene suddenly, and then we got on Rodney on the Rock, and, mm-hmm. and it was all great, and um, that's how we ended up in San Pedro. That is so cool. <laughs> that's the coolest coming to San Pedro stories <laughs> that I think I've heard so far. That's really neat. Um, okay, I, I don't want to spend too much time on the no. punk thing because I think we need to save it for like another episode. All right, so we already covered a couple of my questions. I wanted to know you already asked, you already answered how you started your journey with ballet because um, that was like my biggest question too. How did you meet Patrick? You guys are like couple goals. Oh my gosh, <laughs> he is the true. I mean, mm-hmm. he is amazing. There would be no San Pedro Ballet. There would be no Wolf. There would be no Misty. There would be no mm-hmm. anything there because there would be no me. Yeah. He is the my rock. Oh, I love this. Uh, and yeah. he has so many fans because he teaches art mm-hmm. at San Pedro High. Mm-hmm. And I know they love him because I see the notes he receives. Mm-hmm. I see them go off and see art throughout the world and remember how he, he does, he teaches art history and mm-hmm. art history. Yeah, um, Wolf told me. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. He, he told me that that's how he wooed you, was through <laughs> art. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. But I did meet him through ballet. Okay. Yes, mm-hmm. I met him um, in Washington State um, at a ballet convention. Okay. In a jacuzzi. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And the after party. <laughs> yeah, it was just us, you know, uh-huh. getting ready to turn in after a long day of dance activities. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it took us a year to see each other even again, I think. And then he took class from me. I thought he was actually married because okay. he had his grandmother's wedding ring on. It was on his um, right hand. Okay. Uh-huh. So, um, it, yeah, then he asked me over for dinner and I, I went over to his house and I saw his artwork and mm-hmm. he cooked for me. And, um, I don't know. Should I tell you about the artwork yeah. that he wooed me with? Yeah. It's was so it like crazy. a Titanic situation where he was just like, please lay down there and I'm going to draw you? Okay. I was just wondering. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, so I have Crohn's disease mm-hmm. and um, I was always you know, suffering with it. And, and I went for a colonoscopy mm-hmm. and they took a Polaroid of my colon. Uh-huh. And... I was holding it and I had went to the studio. I'd just gotten it and I'm just looking at it and I'm looking at these. It was awful. The mm-hmm. polyps and yeah. it just so abnormal and uh-huh. awful and looked worse than I felt. You know, mm-hmm. that's pretty bad. And um, he said, Can I borrow that? <laughs> and then he did a series of colon paintings. 
Oh my goodness. And it sounds gross, but he made them beautiful. I'm sure he and did. And they're like close-ups. You can't tell it's a colon. Right, right. Like a, a colon for all seasons was one of them. Oh my goodness. It's hilarious. This is so funny and so sweet. <laughs> this is like a very romantic gesture because he obviously could tell that it had some sort of, you know, significance to you. You felt down about it and he just turned it into the, something beautiful. Yeah, something beautiful. And he was oh, this there is so sweet. for me because mm -hmm. I really couldn't take care of myself. Mm -hmm. I mean, once we got together, I yeah. was probably my, I was so sick at that time. Uh-huh. And he put up with me through my pregnancy when I was just in a, in really bad shape. And we've been through everything together. Um, just curious, because I just had a baby and I've had a similar situation, but did it flare up a little bit more after or before pregnancy or like during pregnancy um, or after no, the birth? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just was mm -hmm. always in a constant state of yeah. illness. Do you have no, I don't have Crohn's disease. I actually have psoriasis, oh, and I had I didn't have it until I was like 20 years old. And I, it took me a long time to connect the dots, but it's right when I had gotten to this relationship, didn't know what it was, but I invested in it heavily. So there's this like a lot of emotional trauma, I would say, you know, and I didn't really look back and connect the dots with my, you know, with the outbreak, you know, because that was the first time I'd ever had it. Um, you know, and I discovered my grandpa has it and a couple other members in the family had it. So it's hereditary, not contagious. Um, and then I was pretty much completely clear. Oh, in my pregnancy, I was radiant. I was so beautiful during my pregnancy. I'm like, maybe I should have another one just to go back there. But um, after we, I had the baby, oh my gosh, like with the breastfeeding thing, I just like flared up, which is crazy. Yeah. So I just wanted to ask about that. Yeah. It's, you know what? It's not that bad. And I have to remind myself it's not that bad. It's just but like a personal. A chronic yeah. illness is, is difficult. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I'm discovering new, you know, I'm discovering what's great about the internet is that there's so much out there. Mm -hmm. There's so many wonderful resources. So I'm reading other, other stories. I'm getting encouraged, you know. Um, I think just being a new mom, it takes a while to get our shit together, yeah. <laughs> at least for me. Yeah, it's so hard. Mm -hmm. I know, I can't, that's why I admire you so much for starting, launching a podcast at the same time. That's incredible. So many people have said that, but I feel like in my, like, knowing myself and what I've been through, like, how long it's taken me to do anything, I feel personally, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm like, I've wanted to start something for so long and I had no idea what that was. And I think a lot of maybe entrepreneurial people go through that. It's like they have so many ideas and they can't just pick a thing and yeah. do it. So for me, this is, this was it. And this is what Stay I settled with on. It because I, yeah. I absolutely see a great future. And also I think it's going to lead to all kinds of things. I hope so. I'm really excited. And mm -hmm. just the people that I'm really getting to talk to and the stories I'm hearing, mm -hmm. They're amazing, you know. I know you have, you have a lot of material. Here. I know, I and know. I know. Being I a new mom too. I mean, you could do one just on that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like a whole. Yeah. Week after week after week. I know. I actually thought about maybe starting like another, a separate podcast just for, because um, I'm a stepmom as well, you know. So just kind of like the mom support. There's not a lot of support out there for stepmoms, you know. And the ones that I found have been very, I don't want to say toxic, but there's just so much. Drama. So much drama. And I'm like, I know that there's drama. I know that there's issues, but let's try to keep it positive and, you know, kind of like focus on personal development, you know. Mm -hmm. But anyways, I'm really glad that you're op so open to talking about the Crohn's disease because so many people suffer silently and they think they're alone, you know. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, I can talk about it really much better now because I, I think that... Um, when I was really sick, I would fear that people would think I was too weak to accomplish anything. Mm -hmm. um, but it did get to a point when some of my parents were like, you look really ill. And I would end up in the hospital and mm -hmm. and just being in a fog all the time. Mm -hmm. It just, I, I guess, again, the ballet saved my life because I probably would have just yeah. done nothing. Mm -hmm. But um, I was fortunate enough to, I was forced into a surgery to, to save my life for it and that surgery changed my life oh wow and every year I get better just being able to absorb nutrition okay so so the surgery was a positive had a, a very positive effect as on hard you. as it was yeah it was life-altering and then whenever um, I, I kind of feel like I 
got my youth for the first time because mm-hmm. I got sick when I was like 16. Mm-hmm. So I never experienced just feeling young. Mm-hmm. So I feel younger at this age, mm-hmm. you know, approaching 60 than, mm-hmm. than I did at 25. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like my joints and everything feel younger. That's great. It's weird. I think that provides a lot of hope for people who are enduring something right now, get you know. On the other side. And even yeah. with people who have like severe weight loss, it's like a whole new life for them, you know. They're experiencing mm. life from a different perspective, you know. Um, and especially when you're younger, these things really hold us back, I want to say. And when you're older, you're able to just put things in perspective, you know. Oh, yes. So this is this is great. That's exciting. Yeah, and yeah, I'm really happy I got to, to do that, mm-hmm. have that surgery, and um, now I don't really have to think about it anymore. It mm-hmm. was all it was pretty all consuming for a while. Yeah, no, I can imagine. Okay, we're gonna take a quick break here because I want to come back and talk about the ballet school, your journey, and being an entrepreneur in San Pedro, and then we of course have a few misty questions we need to get to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, quick break for our sponsor. So everyone who knows me knows that I'm a huge coffee girl. I need my coffee and there's nothing I love more than being at my favorite coffee shop and catching up on social media, which is why I'm very proud to introduce to you the podcast's first sponsor, Sirens Java and Tea. The shop is located on 7th Street in downtown San Pedro and has become my favorite home away from home. So be sure to stop by and definitely check them out on their new Instagram at Sirens Java Tea House. All right, so now we're back. I wanted to ask you, Cindy, what led you and Patrick to starting the ballet school? Well, after we got together, um, we were directing a ballet company together in Palos Verdes that I started at a school that was already existing where I taught ballet. Very cool. And we, from the time I discovered ballet, I I wanted to bring it to people who didn't know about it. Mm -hmm. And then I, of course, along the way, realized there were people uh, there were large groups of people that never got the opportunity mm-hmm. for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and it was my mission to bring to bring ballet to those children. Mm-hmm. And my role model was Arthur Mitchell, who just recently passed away, who started mm-hmm. the Dance Theater of Harlem, and he went into Harlem uh, uh-huh. streets and found kids wow. and got them in the studio mm-hmm. and made this world-class company. That's amazing, yeah. And I wanted to do that in San Pedro, uh-huh. my husband, and he did as well. So was Patrick a dancer before he met you? He was. Wow. That's when we met at a, at a ballet convention. Yeah. So he was dancing for another company. Oh, my goodness. So, um... We came down from Palos Verdes with eight dancers, mm-hmm. and we we started looking probably maybe August, and uh-huh. we knew in order to keep these eight dancers, and they were fabulous. I had been teaching them for ten years, most mm-hmm. of them, um, so they were really raised by us, and um, mm-hmm. we wanted them. Yeah, <laughs> and they were great. You I nurtured mean, them. We you wanted still, to keep them. Yeah, we're still mm-hmm. involved with those eight original dancers. That's great. And um, so we needed a space, mm-hmm. and we looked and looked, and we found a space at the, at the terraces. But in order to keep them, we knew we, we had to get do a Nutcracker by December. So it was uh-huh. almost September, and here we are looking for a space. Oh, my goodness. We needed a cast. Mm-hmm. We needed money. We needed a, a company. We needed to just... Wow. So what, why did you have to do the Nutcracker in order to keep them? Because we felt if we didn't do the Nutcracker, they were going to go somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah, and because they want to perform. They want to perform. Yeah. Exactly. And we just, they just, we just couldn't take our time. They needed yeah. to, t- to dance. And the Nutcracker is really the most iconic. Like this is where ballet shines, right? In well, the community. Well, where in community ballet companies, that's mm-hmm. definitely mm-hmm. the one thing that everybody will go and see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's just just the most magical ballet mm-hmm. for for families. Yeah. And oh, it is. I remember seeing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, you must see our 25th this year. I know. I'm so excited. We'll, we'll, we'll promote it at the right. end. Um, so, um, we ended up at the terraces, but we didn't have a dance floor. And the, they actually, while we built the dance floor, let us use another room with carpet in it and, mm-hmm. and poles, and we danced around it. And um, we put a bunch of flyers out. And that's when you used to make them and print them. Mm-hmm. And, um, put them up on yeah. posts, signposts, and uh-huh. And um, I guess we don't see too many of those these days. Not these days. <laughs> right. And um, 
we had about uh, I think 60 people show up at the audition. Mm -hmm. They'd never danced before, but they all got on that stage. And then we wow. met um, the stage crew teacher and art teacher um, at San Pedro High School, and um, Mr. Hughes. Mm -hmm. And we and he said, "Why don't you come do the ballet here mm -hmm. before my husband taught there?" And that he got him that job mm -hmm. actually. And at the high school, and they and we'll help you build the sets. Mm -hmm. And my husband um, and he and the students built the sets for the first Nutcracker, and 800 people showed up to our first Nutcracker wow. at San Pedro High. That's awesome. And then by the second one, we had discovered Misty Copeland, and the LA Times was sitting in the office, uh, audience. Oh my at goodness, the San Pedro High. You know, since you brought it up, uh, what was it like for you, first of all, to discover her, to really, because we talked about that moment in the last episode to, where you kind of held her foot and yes. you realized you saw the potential. Just in your words, what was that like for you? Um, immediately it just became the number one goal in my life to make sure that she were, became a dancer, mm -hmm. that I could train her. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't really something that I contemplated. You know, I didn't think about it much. Yeah. Um, it just became my mission. Mm -hmm. It was something I, ha I w had to do. Mm -hmm. And it was never easy, not because of the type of student she was, but because of the circumstances. Right. So I knew I had to do it as hard and fast as possible. Right. It was going to be a short-lived situation that could end at any moment. Mm -hmm. And we ended up having three years, mm -hmm. and we accomplished it. That's amazing. And, you know, one of the things that I kind of, like, talk to my friends about after the Missy Copeland episode, I'm like, well, you know, people, especially who have made it as far as she has, they've been studying ballet since they were very young. So you didn't just take her in and teach her for three years. You really set the foundation for her entire career, you know? And you basically caught her up in a matter of three years. That's right. And her hard work. Yeah. And her talent, mm -hmm. her drive. Uh -huh. And once she was hooked, she was so hooked. And mm -hmm. we together we're trying to achieve the same right thing yeah and we were so um in sync yeah <laughs> and i recently had a phone conversation with her and it's it's so bizarre how linked we are and i felt it from the moment i felt i touched her foot mm -hmm. where i know the words that are going to come out of her mouth mm -hmm. it's very strange mm -hmm. how connected we became and then so that separation for 15 years or whatever it was was a huge loss, you know, mm -hmm. emotionally, our hearts were broken, right. we lost, um, you know, a family member, and mm -hmm. uh, it was really hard, mm -hmm. and so our getting back together has been a gradual thing, mm -hmm. even though when we sat down and talked for the first time about everything, you know, we were just really in sync again, mm -hmm. and, and we remembered it the same way, and mm -hmm. um, we knew that we were, she knew that we had her best, best interest at heart. Right. Which um, people try to convince her otherwise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that it began a healing process mm -hmm. that probably has gone on for maybe three or four years, mm -hmm. but has totally happened mm -hmm. in a big way. Mm -hmm. And it's 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 wonderful. It's a great great um, great ending to that. That's really awesome. I think it's too bad that people tried to um, put a negative light on that. And it's kind of like what happened in like The Blind Side, you know the movie, with the football player. They're like, that's what he had to go through too, that people were trying to convince him that they didn't really care about him. They just wanted him for all these other, you know, surfacey reasons. It's just, yeah. Um, I think we can see now where your true intentions are because look at where she is, you know? I know. And, and yeah, it, it's all it's all okay now, which yeah. gives me so much hope for so I mean, I really never became jaded to the point of I'm and in any way. So, mm -hmm. but I kind of just felt like it just things write themselves. Mm -hmm. And I keep that hope for many mm -hmm. things at large, you know, other than myself. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it was very tough. Um toughest being a year after she was gone and kind of the publicity had died down and then another article came out of the cover of the LA Times magazine mm -hmm. and opened up all of the wounds. Oh gosh. And 
um, I that was a hard one to get over, and mm -hmm. that brought me down for quite a few months. Mm -hmm. I was really couldn't do anything for a while. Yeah, I can imagine. Hard, and I was the when I yelled at the reporter, I said, "How can you do this to her? Leave her alone." Mm -hmm. I was felt so bad mm -hmm. that she was having to endure it, and that was the hardest part. It's not knowing if she was okay for so long. Yeah. So. Um, She's really okay. That's good. I know. We just see her now. and She's, she's a Disney princess. I know. She's going to be, I can't, I'm so excited. She oh. literally is a Disney princess. She literally is a Disney princess. Oh my gosh. This is so exciting. And I did, even I didn't. That really shouldn't did. hit me until you just yeah. said that she's a Disney princess now. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. that, um, I think it's, it's not going in anywhere. That's yeah. She's good. That's like forever. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, okay. So in the early years of the ballet studio, you guys were at the terraces. And mm -hmm. so Misty was training. She did most of her training there then? Yeah. Okay. And um, yeah, then we actually, I was being mentored by um, a man named Chet Nelson, who was in the Joffrey Ballet, who was a local mm -hmm. um, resident born and raised here, then he started at Alva's, mm -hmm. and he was in uh, one of the original, or close to the original days of Joffrey Ballet, which okay. is my, when I was growing up, was my dream company, uh -huh. and he came and, and just sort of mentored us mm -hmm. and said, you know, if you don't buy a building, you won't be around, and you certainly won't have a retirement. Wow, what good advice. Oh my gosh. What good advice. It's a life, it was a lifesaver mm -hmm. that we would not be around, mm -hmm. because believe me, it's been Mm -hmm. 25 years of survival and things have turned around, but it was not easy. So would you say that a big credit to your success was the fact that you guys owned your property? That's the only. Really? That's, that's, like, the only thing we're still, still wow. around for, except for our hard work. Yeah. Course, but, and the no, great, of course. And the great people that were in our lives. Yeah. But bottom line, yeah. that'd, that'd be it. Yeah, you obviously planted a lot of amazing seeds that have just come to fruition, which is all amounting to the success of your school. But to know that, you know, that's such a key factor in running a business, owning the property that you're in. Yeah, because I'm hearing stories, you know, and Julie and I talk about it on the last episode where we kind of mentioned the landlords, you know. I understand that real estate investors need to make money, and I understand mm -hmm. that, you know, it needs to be profitable for them mm -hmm. but it's a long game it's a long game mm -hmm. you know you, you can't just um I don't know uh, we'll talk about it on a later episode yeah. <laughs> but like it, you know I feel like the small businesses really need to know what they're getting into and know who they're getting in bed with in a way in a, in a sense you know yeah. when it comes to where, wherever they rent yeah uh, and and ballet is is well, I, I know there are other businesses, it's difficult too, but it, it's never been known for something you, mm -hmm. you go into for money. Mm -hmm. And um, our company is a nonprofit, and, and you know, it, it exists solely on grants and donations. Uh, yeah. So when we do all of our outreach mm -hmm. um, and the kids who need supplies or whatever, that, you know, it's still a, a struggle. Money, mm -hmm. you know, funding is a struggle, but um, the school is, is doing well. Mm -hmm. And when we opened, um, I remember Patrick was working all night long on July 4th, mm -hmm. and um, the area was different on Pacific and 13th, mm -hmm. and I think his wallet got stolen that night because oh, he wow. turned his back and walked into another room, and, and then July 5th came around when we opened, and it was like nobody came, and it uh -huh. was because nobody wanted to come down there, Yeah, and there was water right there. There's water. I mean, what were we thinking? Uh -huh. But Misty Copeland was here, so we must have come for her. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I really don't know why, mm -hmm. what we were thinking. Yeah. But, but we felt a pull to yeah. San Pedro. That's and good. I think it's because I, I think we saw a need yeah. for us. Because neither one of you are from here. <laughs> I yeah. I know. He's from, from where? Cardina. Okay, so he's actually from California. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's not too far for him. Yeah. And yeah. His, his aunt was here right above Western, she had a mid-century home there. Okay, yeah. So he, he had a lot of ties here. He went to Ports of Call all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. early days. I know, it's sad, it's sad to think about too because we're, lo we're losing one of those treasures of Pedro, but I'm, I'm hopeful. Um, okay, one of the questions that you know my friends have asked me to ask you was, what was it like seeing Misty in the Nutcracker for the first time? 
Um, you mean as a professional dancer? At no, oh. uh, in like here. Mm -hmm. The very first year that she was dancing. Well, I, it was so exciting. Um, <laughs> I knew that she was going to be a national treasure. Mm -hmm. and I, I don't know how I knew that. Well, her talent, but it was, it was just not a question in my mind. And I yeah. felt like I was showing this beauty, mm -hmm. the, the beautiful person to an audience for mm -hmm. the first time that was beautiful inside and out and mm -hmm. that they were just going to truly love. Mm -hmm. And I just had, had such a, a, a proud, joyful feeling about it. And I was... I just wanted her to be comfortable and not nervous, and I always fussed over her whenever those situations came up, and she yeah. just was like, she'd probably just want me to get away, let me be one of the other kids, yeah. and, and, um, uh -huh. and I, I don't know, she's just, she, she was a marvelous, mm -hmm. she always had this wisdom of being such a, a great example for you. You know, mm -hmm. for me, she, you know, you take that, example from her mm -hmm. and she was so confident and and worry free mm -hmm. I don't think she knew enough to be afraid <laughs> but yeah. I was a little nervous and she and she was like yeah no nerves kids at all. are kids are so amazing in that you know they're not exposed to all of the <laughs> all of this the things that we see so they just like go for it which is amazing yeah, it, was, it was so new to her mm -hmm. that being on stage on point and all the things that could possibly go wrong mm -hmm. she was totally unaware of yeah um, in the Missy episode, Megan and I, well, Megan mentions that you really have a gift for seeing this raw talent, for seeing this, like, star. And I told her, yeah, of course, I don't, I don't doubt that at all. Um, I know we'll have Wolf back on the show, hopefully, <laughs> when he's super famous. <laughs> and I have a, um, what I call is my male Misty. Uh -huh. about him. I didn't want to interrupt your No, question. no, that's okay. I wanted to ask you, who were your other, who were your other stars? Well, um, we have a really talented group right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's probably comparable to the, the original eight on. Wow. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty exciting. But, um, I, a, a teacher who was one of my students, mm -hmm. um, back in, uh, boy, when I was in my 20s, and she mm -hmm. was in her teens, mm -hmm. and now she's, my God, that was 35 years ago, I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> whatever, but um, her daughter's in our company now, Okay. and she teaches at um, Narbonne, mm -hmm. it's the, oh, it's called something, it's, it has, does the arts there, it's the other campus there, Okay. Mm -hmm. and um, Enrique was one of her students, mm -hmm. And she brought him to me, but he was 16, I believe. Mm -hmm. And the day I saw him, I saw what she saw, and I, I saw how he responded. And I was like, oh, no, I need to train him. Yeah. And I told him, you've got to give up every school activity. <laughs> You're like, we're going to have to sit down and talk about this. <laughs> you've got to spend every day after school here, mm -hmm. and you cannot miss a day mm -hmm. and, you, and you by the time you graduate from high school you'll be a professional dancer so we had two and a half years or something mm -hmm. and he left and I didn't see him for a year and he came back and goes no I was thinking about it and I think I want to come back and I'm like oh really so now he's 17 at uh, now he's yeah 17. yeah so he basically just came back and he's 17 years old yeah, yeah. yeah. uh-huh now he's 19 oh 19 okay so um, then he was in his senior year, and he was really involved in school. Uh huh. So he came very infrequently. Yeah. And it was very frustrating for me. Right. Mm -hmm. And he has a similar background. He has more struggles, actually, mm -hmm. in different areas. Not more. I would mm -hmm. see different struggles mm -hmm. that I won't go into. But um, I knew he needed to get out of this town, this area, his home into a, a situation where he was going to be surrounded by the possibility of that yeah. for him. Mm -hmm. And um, so we set out to do that. And then he got a full scholarship to the Joffrey Ballet School. Okay. Um, it was two summers ago. Uh -huh. And um, he got in a company called New York Dance Project. Mm -hmm. And then he got injured, and he got almost this identical injury of Misty. Oh, wow. In his mm -hmm. shin. Mm -hmm. And he ended up, um, Misty began to mentor him, and he ended up 
um, training with the floor bar teacher that she did, Marjorie. Did Lee you Bear. say Misty ended up mentoring him? Yes. Oh, wow. She is his mentor now. Oh, my goodness. And um, so they, in, she, he ended up with Marjorie Lee Bear, who um, re helped to rehab Misty. And mm -hmm. um, he is now in another company called Ballet Next. Oh, but last summer he got a full scholarship to ABT. Oh, my goodness. So in January, February, this is he so does, starts auditioning again. Wow. So he's back unhealthy. He actually told me that he's dancing pain-free for the first time yesterday. Wow. So he's That's ready incredible. to take off. Mm -hmm. And um, he's still um, got some struggles mm -hmm. and um, that we're all facing together. That yeah. we're going to hopefully make it possible. And Misty is part of it, mm -hmm. part of his team. And, um, and we've all got his back. That's incredible. And he's doing the Nutcracker. Oh my goodness. Yes. This is so exciting. Yes. Um, first of all, I just think it's wonderful that when you see somebody with raw talent, you really do just invest in them, you know, as much as possible. Um, one of the other questions Megan had asked, and this kind of leads us to it, was um, she's like, be sure to ask her how she gets m more boys into the program. Oh. <laughs> I wish we had that answer. I think I, I've been thinking about it a lot lately. Yeah. Well, I mean, it sounds like you have a good group right now, right? Not really. No, a boys? Okay. You know, we had a good group when um, Patrick was teaching high school and then this um, football player came, Juan Wing. Oh, you know him, right? No, I don't. Because you know Gabe. I know Gabe, yeah. So it was Gabe's friend, Juan. Who okay. came from I high might school. Have, I might have met him. I mean, that's, like a, a that's a good story, but I mean, I had so many stories yeah have, so <laughs> not enough time but yeah we had a big group of boys and they ended up on the cover of San Pedro magazine at one, at, when it was called that uh-huh but um, now we have a few young boys mm -hmm. we really need to change the mentality of the fathers in this community yeah I think the I think it's, a, it's just like a society it's a, like a social issue it's the um, you know the masculinity of men um, there's like this certain idea of the way it needs to be, you know, yeah. and um, it's it's really fear and ignorance. And yeah, opinion. yeah. No, I, I believe it is like a lot of a lot of things, you know. Um, I think we should be proud to see our kids, first of all, dabbling in any art whatsoever, but to, in such a beautiful and honestly, it, it takes a lot of strength to do ballet. You know, it's not for the lighthearted, <laughs> you know? Um, well, yeah, it's, what's it's your like any sport. So um, when I teach those boys that, that come to our, because 15th Street walks to our studio during the day and mm -hmm. takes class, and then we go out into the community and mm -hmm. we'll always see a boy that can fly across the room. Uh -huh. I mean, because they do do sports or something, yeah. but they also, you can see when they walk in, they, they know what dance is maybe from social media or whatever, yeah. YouTube, but they don't see themselves doing it. Yeah. And in one hour, I can prove to them that they can do it because I make sure they fly across the room. Mm -hmm. And that just does something. Mm -hmm. And, it's, and it, I give them the tools to do that. And, and it, you can see it, the transformation, and right. then they're interested. I send the paper home. Mm -hmm. Please send them to me. Don't worry about anything. I'll take care of it. And they never come back, or their, their teacher says their dad won't let them. Oh, yeah. That's and just I too think bad. It's too bad, yeah. That really is too bad. Um, we can do a whole episode on toxic masculinity <laughs> in the future. <laughs> um, yeah, because one of my other favorite podcasters, uh, Lewis Howes, he actually just released a book, and I haven't read it yet, but it's called The Mask of Masculinity. And he talks about kind of like those toxic beliefs that we have just as a society you know and it's not just men it's women too who feel like their son needs to be so macho you know or uh, well I think where the the lack of knowledge of ballet comes in is it is macho I mean you, you first of all they're lifting and they're lifting women and yes. like how much more macho can you get and every role has that <laughs> yeah. macho guy and the villain I mean, every ballet yeah. has that. You uh -huh. know, it's like... Even Wolf said, like, I loved being in the pas de deux, right? Yes. He loved being a partner, yeah. and he loved lifting women, it's and he's fully masculine. He felt like a like a macho man. That's what he yes. said. Yes, and plus then you got all the girls. Yeah, you got all <laughs> the girls. The ratio here yeah, is very... Yeah, my husband. He wasn't... He was... He knew. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always say, like, the, the guys who catch on to things where it's mostly, like, female-dominated, I'm like, those guys are really lucky. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I went to fashion school and there was a few guys there studying at like the um, 
graphic design and it was just like a handful um, of straight guys and they were just in a whole <laughs> campus full of beautiful <laughs> fashionable women and I was like wow they really Smart. hit the jackpot <laughs> jackpot mm -hmm. <laughs> um, uh, before we wrap up I wanted to ask you this is what I ask all my um, all my guests what what concerns you most about what's happening in the San Pedro community I just want to see it be a super wonderful, vibrant, artsy, fun, you know, a place where you can do everything. Yeah. You know, you can do your shopping, you can do your have your entertainment, mm -hmm. and, and you can eat, and you can socialize, and 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 be safe and and friendly yeah. and open to really. Um, more unusual places like mm -hmm. in Long Beach I go to a place where you walk into the restaurant and the bar and it's kind of like that usual sports bar kind of feel yeah and then if and there's a wall in the back and the plant and if you go around to the back of the plant push on the wall and it opens up into this little tiki bar oh my gosh that's it's so a hidden cool bar you know that's actually kind of Wolf, a trend. Wolf brought it up in our episode yeah oh did he yeah he was like my mom really likes this place and I would think it'd be cool to see more places like that here okay did mm -hmm. he okay well mm -hmm. that um, that is exactly would be the coolest mm -hmm. like something different yeah that people can different people can go to different places that appeal to them right something for everyone yeah something for everyone mm -hmm. and and I think the community and people from the outside coming in crafted's been so great with that I mean mm -hmm. when I go there it's like going to um, I go to Highland Park all the time mm -hmm. and the hipster uh, families yeah. and I mean I'm dying to be a grandma I keep talking to Misty you know it's time it's time or you know God knows when Wolf's gonna have one I'll probably be dead but I get to sit at Crafton and look at these gorgeous children and dogs and happy parents mm -hmm. and have a beer and that's how I think the whole town should be yeah uh-huh um, are you talking about the, like brewery? Like the oh brewery yeah, West? I'm talking about the brewery. Yeah. The brewery West, yes, yeah. Yes, yes. That's exactly like brewery West has been so great for like young families because we can all enjoy our our beer in a really safe community place, um, and have the kids just run around on their little scooters. Like my baby, I can push him in the stroller around, and he loves it there. Yeah, I completely see. Agree with you. I would love sitting there watching that happen. Yeah, I, I, I guess it's like that's a, just a stage it's, of life. I yeah, mean. it's the baby friendliest <laughs> bar in town. Is what Isn't I call it? it. Yeah, I, yeah, awesome. Yeah, so I, I, have I a hope lot they of don't hope. go anywhere. <laughs> I have a lot of faith. I mean, I've ridden out the hardest times here, I think, mm -hmm. and uh, but I have never lost faith. Yeah. That's on. That's awesome. Well, we definitely have to come back to do another episode. Um, right now, what we want to do is promote the upcoming performance of the Nutcracker. Right? Do you have the dates for that? It's December seventh, eighth, and ninth mm -hmm. at the Warner Grand Theater, mm -hmm. and the tickets are available on the San Pedro City Ballet dot org mm -hmm. website. Okay. Um, we have four performances. Um, we also do a, a free performance on Friday morning for uh, 1,400 or 1,500 school children. That's, that's so exciting. You come to that. I it's would so love fun. to. I would love to. And, um, Good Day LA, I think, is covering that. Awesome. And, um, but it's my favorite day of the year. Mm -hmm. My favorite event of the year. I'm so excited for it. I am so happy and proud that we have something like this in town, in Pedro, you know. I'm very Thank excited. You. I'll link up the um, the website where they can get the tickets. Thank yeah, you. so I'll make sure I have all of those links in the show notes, um, and that we get. Let's just get the word out there. They need to see this beautiful art. And I'll be attending the um, premiere of the Nutcracker, the Disney yes. Four Realms. Oh my goodness! With Misty. This and is so exciting. <laughs> yeah. Where's that? Where's the premiere going to be? El Capitan. Okay. And um, she and I will be appearing in People Magazine after that day. Oh um, my goodness! From that, the picture will be taken. So there. there's going to be like a piece in People Magazine. Yes. This is so exciting. Well, we're going to have you back on the show probably in like two months <laughs> when all of this comes back to you know comes back out. Well, thank you for doing this show. Thank, thank you for having us. Thank you for for acknowledging my family and being so supportive of our community. I could have only hoped that you or Wolf would want to be on the show when I started. I just had no idea who would who would even be interested on being on the podcast. And when he first said like, "Yeah, I'm down. Like, I'll be on the show." I I got so excited and my my it really just like 
lifted my spirits and gave me a lot more confidence about this podcast. Oh, we're excited for you. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for doing this episode with me. I can't wait till our next one and future ones and co-hosted one. And we'll keep listening. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. So, you know, it's send fun. it to everybody. Um, so far, pe- like more and more people are kind of like reacting surprised and I'm glad it's positive. My dad was like, when I first told him what I was doing, he was like, well, who wants to listen to that? That's boring. And I was like, you just don't get podcasts. You know, he didn't get it. And then he told me the other day, oh, I just heard Julie's episode. And he goes, wait, you have more? Because I told him I was talking to you today. And he's like, you have more? I said, no, not yet. I'm going to record with her. He's like, oh, I listen to all of them already. You know, that's so great. I know I'm excited. I'm really excited. Well, thank you again for being on the show. Can't wait to have you back. We're really proud of you, I want to say, as a community. If I may speak for the community (laughs) for just two seconds, we're very proud of you. Thank you so Mm -hmm. much. All right, we'll end the episode here. And until next time. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Be sure to get your tickets for The Nutcracker showing at Warner Grand for December 7th, 8th, and 9th. Um, The links will be in the show notes. Uh, If you scroll to the bottom, you'll see all the links there. Anyway, have a wonderful week. I hope that everything goes smoothly. Um, And definitely tune in to next week's episode on homelessness in San Pedro. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone.